Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Pop Culture University, the university where you learn everything that is going on in the pop culture world and learn amazing life lessons that you can take for your own life from the situations that these celebrities are going through. It is an honor to be enrolled in this university. The acceptance rate is so low. So the fact that like you got in, you must be a smart ass bitch. We have so much to talk about today. The tea is amazing. It's going to be a fun episode. Um, I hope everyone had a good weekend. My weekend was insane. I truly took all the time away from work. I did not work at all this weekend. I did not do anything. I was just out there wilding out with Nick Cannon. As you know, there's some tumultuous stuff going on in my life. Recently, cutting ties with people, breaking up, words being exchanged. It's getting heated give me a lot of anxiety and stuff going on in my personal life else where you know besides just that stuff going on in my professional life everything is causing me a lot of anxiety and I feel like this weekend I as a coping mechanism was very reckless and did questionable behavior um let's just say Patty was getting hot in the body shop doing something unholy that I probably should not have done and it was like my Ariana Grande bad idea moment where she's like, I got a bad idea. Yeah, I'm gonna call you over here to numb the pain. Forget about it. Yeah, forget about him. Yeah, forget about me. It was like that kind of moment where I just had a bad idea. <laughs> I can't describe it any other way except that. But I, looking back on the weekend, I kind of feel ashamed. But also had the best time. So we're just gonna keep rolling with that. Um, And (laughs) I'm sure this week will be much calmer and I'll get back to work and everything. And I just wanted to take a break. I said after I hit 3 million followers, I was going to take a little bit of a break. So this was my like week long break, as you know. But now I'm back. There's so much to talk about today, though. We're going to talk about the fact that the luxury brand Gucci was exposed for something very similar to what is going on with Balenciaga, which is insane. We need to talk about Taylor Swift's birthday and the fact that she her fans are suing Ticketmaster and how she just got out of another lawsuit. We're going to talk about how Kanye West literally said that he is autistic. His words, not mine. We're going to get into it. We need to talk about Ariana Grande interviewing Jennifer Coolidge for a huge accolade in her life. Their interview was so funny and I just want to talk about it. And then we're going to talk about Liam Payne apologizing for being an asshole, which is a day I never thought would come with the ego on him. So I'm so excited to talk about everything. Before we get into it, rate this podcast five star on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Leave a cute little review in the comments, um, like on Apple Podcasts. Screenshot yourself listening to it. Post it to your Instagram story. Tag me. I always hit you guys up on there. I'm going to try to get to all the DMs soon. As you know, though, I was taking a little bit of time away this weekend. 
But yeah, I'll get back to all that. And without further ado, let's get into today's class. Take a seat. Class is in session. I got a bad idea. Something we just need to talk about first is this bombshell that was dropped on me while I was making this episode, and that is the fact that Dua Lipa and Jack Harlow could be dating. What? Dua Lipa and Jack Harlow? Is pigs flying? Is pigs flying? Is these bitches trying me? Why are pigs flying? So apparently, allegedly, according to Page Six and other outlets, Jack Harlow and Dua Lipa are literally dating. And page six turns out to be right about a lot of things. Love them or hate them, they're right about a lot. Dua was rumored to be with Trevor Noah from The Daily Show, but they apparently had a little split. It was just a fling. Now she's with Jack. And they were just seen out together at an event. And Jack Harlow literally has a song called Dua Lipa. It has like 100 million streams on Spotify, so it's a relative hit. And he sings Dua Lipa. I'm trying to do more with her than Dua Feature. So apparently he really manifested this. So good for him. And this is like the most shocking thing to me since Pete and Kim Kardashian. Why are tall, skinny white men still uh, still trending? They're still the accessory that is trending. If you are a tall, skinny white man, you may make your move now. Now is the time to pounce. They're getting all the baddest bitches in, like, I mean, worldwide. All the baddest bitches worldwide. So it's your time to pounce. Um, make the move to lock up a bad bitch forever because there will never be a time like this ever again to all the white, tall, skinny men. Good for Jack Harlow. I think it's going to give a lot of people hope that, you know, looks aren't everything. Confidence is a lot. And Jack Harlow is like the poster boy for thinking he has riz and confidence. So good for him. But if that's true, it will forever alter my psyche. I'll, I'll have to think about life totally differently if Dua Lipa and Jack Harlow are dating. So I guess stay tuned for that. But something we really need to talk about is some shocking video that was released by a woman who is the daughter of Patrizia Gucci, who Lady Gaga played in the Gucci movie. And her name is Alessandra Zarini. This video has 7 million views on TikTok, and it's her coming forward saying that she is filing a lawsuit against her stepfather because she was sexually abused by him as a child since she was six. And she's suing her mother and grandmother, Patrizia Gucci and Bruno Palumbo, because they didn't protect her, and they are very well connected to the Gucci brand. They helped build the Gucci brand, so... She, I think, felt emboldened by the whole Balenciaga thing and people literally tearing down a big fashion house because they were doing those shady things and shady photo shoots, inappropriate photo shoots with children. I think that is what made her think that like now is the time to do so. And the video is like really heartbreaking because she goes into detail about how she feels the Gucci family, who is so rich and powerful, didn't protect her. And how this is kind of a reoccurring trend with these big and powerful people and companies, you know, the whole Epstein scandal, the whole politician scandal and elite celebrity scandal that there's some P word, some pedophilia stuff going on. Why is this a reoccurring thing? Do people who are so rich and powerful think that they can get away with it and 
they can do this most awful, horrible crime to innocent children and it's okay. I like that she was bringing attention, kind of like bringing more awareness to the powerful companies. And it is really inspiring that people stopped supporting Balenciaga. My name is Alexandra Zarini. I am filing a lawsuit against my stepfather, mother, grandmother, and others because I was sexually abused by my stepfather, Joseph Ruffalo, from the age of six years old. My mother, Patricia Gucci, and grandmother, Bruna Palombo, did not protect me. They did not shield me. They allowed it to happen. But I'm coming forward publicly today because as hard as this is for me, I feel it is my duty to expose the misconceptions about child sexual abuse and to raise awareness that every single day, we as a society are failing to protect the most vulnerable and innocent among us, our children. If you think this doesn't happen here in Beverly Hills, then you should know that my perpetrator still lives in California, spends time at the Bel Air Country Club, and volunteers in your children's hospitals. The heartbreak in her voice really just makes me believe her and want to help her in any way. She's just doing this lawsuit to raise awareness about child sexual abuse, and she's trying to empower other victims to come forward and not let their abusers go freely anymore. She said that the average age for a victim of child abuse doesn't come forward until they're 52 and that millions go through it. And I'm not surprised that that's the average age because think about it, that happens to you as a child that takes so long to process and you grow up with that trauma, not knowing how to think about it, not knowing if it was normal, not knowing what to say, not knowing why that happened to you. It must be the most confusing thing in the whole world. So by the time you're able to process it, it kind of happened a while in the past and you're not sure if you can say anything, you're not sure what to say. So I think it's actually really amazing that she's doing this and she was like if you're an influencer please talk about it to spread the message so that's what i'm doing and she wanted to let people know that it happens in rich communities too it happens everywhere around you more than you think she said her stepfather who did this to her is just living it up in beverly hills california and just being free and he even volunteers at children's hospitals which she doesn't like and you know we probably know why he volunteers at children's hospitals now and he better no longer be allowed on the premises of those buildings because damn he's not helping any of those children her video exposing them has over 7 million views on tiktok and it's not even the only one i saw other ones have millions and millions of views so this is a major topic right now the general consensus for how people feel about gucci is that gucci the brand isn't technically like promoting this or built around this the people behind Gucci really had no part to do with this because the family of Patrizia isn't in control of that brand anymore. So they're not saying directly, you know, cancel them. They're not saying we have to boycott them. But a lot of them are saying that since the connection is so close that they would love if there's some sort of recognition or maybe a donation to help her cause, which I think is definitely appropriate. So Balenciaga is still evil and probably every luxury fashion house is. So what can we learn from this? I think just having more general knowledge about bringing attention to this topic of children being taken advantage of unfortunately and how common it is and how it could be happening right next to you and to just be supporters of the cause and if you see something say something this is something that could affect literally anyone so any knowledge you have bring awareness to it any platform you have because clearly we see this happening recurring now it's not just a one-time thing it's a massive problem that is understandably really taboo and the that's what makes the victims not want to come forward so we need to share our voices to empower them. That's why I'm talking about it. 
So I love her for doing this, Alessandra. She also said that talking about her trauma is what made her finally be able to heal from it a little bit. And it like saved her life, being able to open up and tell her story and not feel alone anymore, not let it hang on to her and grasp onto her like some kind of demonic entity that has power over her. And me on a much smaller scale, like nothing even close to that bad. Whenever I talk about something that's bothering me or making me feel down or like feels bottled up, talking about it with someone that I trust, not just anyone, I wouldn't. I would say make sure it's someone that you trust or a therapist. Um, just be careful about who you talk to about it, but also it helps so much. And talking about your problems out loud to someone makes you see it from a totally different angle and makes you feel heard and seen. And just that is like such a massive step forward to feeling better. So her being so brave like this, we can just relate to, to smaller aspects of our life. Hopefully not something that horrible, but smaller aspects that we can start to feel better and heal over easier said than done though i totally understand that it took her so long it takes victims so long completely understandable but working up to sharing could really change your life This weekend, I went to the German market in Chicago. It only comes once a year around Christmas. It's called the... Oh, my God. It has such a weird name. Oh, oh yeah. The Chris Kindle Market. And it's so German. They have a bunch of German foods there. All the workers were talking like Germans. It was so cute. I can't even do an impression. They, they were like... I asked one of the workers if they have styrofoam cups. They were like... Yes, we have styrofoam cups. <laughs> it was just so funny. I f- it felt so immersive. It felt like a VR transportation to Germany. I just loved it. And I got poutine there. I, I If you don't know what poutine is, it's the German version of cheese fries with like gravy and cheese balls in it. I loved it. I love poutine. Not to be confused with Putin. I don't love Putin. That's not what I'm saying. I love poutine. But if you have ever, ever, ever um, have a German market coming to your town, you should definitely try it. Anyway, this very day is an iconic day in history. And I think people would, I think a lot of people would think of this day as their Christmas, as their savior being born, because it's Taylor Swift's birthday. It's Taylor Swift's 33rd birthday. Can you believe it? It's so crazy thinking like she's 33 because she's been putting out songs since she was, what, 15? She's just living her life right in front of us and writing autobiographical songs about it. So I truly feel compelled to celebrate her birthday as if she's a friend of mine or something. I want to go stream her music, which I do every day anyway, but maybe I'll go like punch Scooter Braun in the face or like, uh, like pinch Kanye really hard in the back of his arm just for Taylor Swift. But she's had an amazing year, nominated for Grammys, having 1.5 million album sales, becoming a director, winning Music Video of the Year at the VMAs, being named one of the Times' most powerful women in the world. She's had an unprecedented year for success, and she is the music industry. And it's so great to see that she's just improving and blowing up every year after year. And she had a really big present for her birthday today. Because just yesterday, so the 12th, even though I'm recording this on the 12th, but just yesterday, when you're listening to this, she got 
off the hook from one of her lawsuits that she had for a long time. We actually have talked about it on this podcast before. And it's the podcast that, sorry, the um, lawsuit that people were saying she copied her hit song, Shake It Off, from another girl group, 3LW, with their song, Players Gon' Play. I played it right before this segment. Players, they gon' play. And haters, they gonna hate. They were su- the songwriters of that song, not the girls in the group. The songwriters who are, I think, two guys are suing Taylor Swift, saying that she definitely heard the song before and she copied it. And she took our genius and made a song that made her millions of dollars and went number one on Billboard and she copied us. The whole thing was so dumb to me. It should have been an open and closed case. Absolutely not. They don't sound anything alike. We all know what Shake It Off sounds like. Does not sound anything like that. Uh, I agree that it should have, Taylor should have won. Trash. Just as I thought. Two men thinking that they must have inspired a woman from their work to write a song and she didn't originally come up from it because, oh, you know, she can't write a song by herself. They were probably shocked in the courtroom when they lost, but we all saw this coming from a, a mile away. She probably wasn't even worried about this. It's just so ridiculous. But she has one less problem. I'm very happy for her. And... Now she can remake 1989 Taylor's version with a clear mind. Taylor Swift's thoughts on it were in her declaration to the court and all it said was she had never heard that song and she never heard it near the time she was making Shake It Off, never heard it as a child and insisted that she wrote lyrics to Shake It Off by herself. And yeah, those lyrics are way too vague to think that you are being copied. So take several seats, men. One theory that I have is that fan bases become like the artists that they stand they develop their personality and their traits and kind of like do the same things that they do someone should write a thesis about this someone should do a study on this or something but i feel like even with the barbs like nikki is very intense and sometimes people will call her a bully and i feel like the barbs are really big bullies anytime i talk about nikki in a way that's not calling her the most absolute goddess queen in my dms people are calling me the worst names in the whole entire world and there's just different things that different fan bases do. No, no, you know, no shade to Nikki. She deserves to come at people a lot of the time, but her fan base is super aggressive. But um, Taylor, she is one to not let people fuck with her. She is one to not be afraid to get herself credit where it is due. Telling everyone that she writes her own songs, demanding more payment for people who work on her songs, doing the Apple music note, saying she's going to re-record all of her albums because a man went behind her back and tried to buy her masters and she's not going to let him get one over on her suing people multiple times because they're trying to disrespect her for this that and the third she's actively seeking revenge and that's something that's so trademark taylor she says don't just don't just sit there and take it don't be sad get even (laughs) get revenge (laughs) so that's what they're doing taylor swift fans are taking after their leader and her fans are suing Ticketmaster because they think that it is so fucked up with all the shenanigans Ticketmaster pulled on Ticket Sales Day. More than 400 fans are in on this with the with the suing, so you know, they'll be able to cover the legal fees. And it says that these fans are disappointed Swifties who have filed a class action lawsuit against Ticketmaster and its parent company, Live Nation, a fraud, misrepresenting and antitrust violations over its botched eras tour sales. Lawyer for the plaintiffs, 
who live in 13 different states across the U.S., filed the complaint in L.A. County Superior Court on Friday. It alleges that the ticketing platform has a monopoly on primary and secondary markets and accuses it of engaging in fraudulent practices and various antitrust violations, including price discrimination and price fixing. The defendant's anti-competitive behavior has substantially harmed and will continue to substantially harm the Taylor Swift fans, they say, as well as the competition in ticket sales marker and the secondary ticket sales services. They're seeking $2,500 for every violation of California's unfair competition law, which prohibits false advertising and illegal business practices. That's a lot. The Swifties are so passionate and I'm obsessed with them. I say, fuck yeah, Swifties. Sue Ticketmaster's ass. I agree. They said, oh, look what you made me do. They're suing your ass. I think they literally are correct in saying price discrimination and price fixing. They do have an unfair monopoly on it that I think is really problematic. And the fact that me having firsthand experience being completely scammed, in my opinion, for the tickets that I bought, I was charged way more than I anticipated. I was given a VIP package I did not agree to. And well, I mean, I did agree to it by literally buying the ticket, but I didn't agree to it because of the unfair circumstances that I was in. They, it was the only ticket sale, only ticket selling site that everyone was let into at the same time. You had zero seconds to even choose a seat before it disappeared. So you were forced to pay whatever price they put in front of your face, forced to buy a VIP package that gives you no extra value for hundreds of extra dollars. People were being like, squeezed at the bank for this people went without groceries for this moms left feeling like failures as parents because they couldn't get their kids tickets people were crying people felt so betrayed and i think they're absolutely right to sue and i hope this puts Ticketmaster in their place and i really hope they win because there should be other options to level the playing field i think monopolies are dangerous but especially with something so passionate like concert tickets for fans who identify and just are so in love with these artists that they would literally sell their kidney to get a ticket. It's just the whole situation makes me feel like dirty and like they were taking advantage of so many people. So I'm glad that they are like taking back the night and not letting them get away with this. It's very Taylor Swift of them to not let someone just do something to them and get away with it. They are dragging them to hell. Ticketmaster squeezed a lot of money out of the fans. So the fans are squeezing a lot of money out of Ticketmaster and I love it. So what can we learn from this? I think Taylor taught her fans to not let people fuck with them. And you need to train people in your life to know that you will not let yourself be fucked with. There will be consequences. There will be repercussions if you decide to go against me. Taylor Swift is the biggest advocate for herself. And I love that unlike a lot of people who I think would just let people do shitty things to them and not want to seek revenge, not want to hold them accountable and just kind of like let themselves get walked all, all over, unfortunately. Not because they're like weak, just just because it's it's a really tough thing to do to like stand up to someone who doesn't seem to care and like ask for some sort of like payback or some just some sort of like almost like reimbursement for being fucked with. It's It's hard to do that and come up with that much courage. So I like that she's teaching her fans courage to not let someone just do something bad to you and let them walk away. They shouldn't be able to go free. And I think it's an amazing lesson to train anyone in your life, your family, friends, like they're, you you can't disrespect me and think I'm not going to have a reaction because the more you let people walk all over you, the more they're going to do that. And I've learned that so firsthand 
I'm lucky that anytime someone does something a little bit fucked up to me, like my friends or family or whatever, I'm able to just talk to them and work it out super quick in a really respectful, nice way. So they know I didn't like that. And they should not keep doing that if they want to make me feel a certain way. But before in the past, like when I was a teenager, I would just let people do that. And then I get walked all over more. So it's just really a lesson in self-respect. And if it even resorts to you taking out some sort of revenge or suing, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. So that's what we can learn. Kanye West has now offended another already oppressed community. Um, and who, who the fuck knows why? He's, he's on a roll. And I always say he's, he's constantly trying to top himself. He's trying to do something more insane, more just wacko. And I, I used to, we know, I used to try to support him. I, like, and now I want to go delete all those episodes where I was like, no, Kanye's just going through stuff. Like, Kim kidnapped his kids. And Kim is with Pete Davidson. And he has to see the love of his life with someone who looks like they're forever mentally stuck at the age of 13. And I used to go out of my way to try to appease the Kanye fans and let them know that I don't hate him completely. But he just says the worst things these days that I will never be able to do to do that ever again. So this is what's currently going on with Kanye. He was doing some TMZ interview outside of wherever he was working on something, just like a random building that they stalked him and followed him to. And Kanye West said on this video that, yeah, he's still running for president in 2024. And you you think he tried to keep a good public image. But actually, why would you think that? Why, why would you think he cares about his public image? It's almost like he, he gets off on ruining it. He said that he is not bipolar. Even though before he said he was diagnosed with that. And he had an album that's literally called I Hate Being Bipolar. It's awesome. Or something along those lines. He said that he's actually a little bit autistic. First off, I wanted to say these are just Kanye words, not mine. Um, I respect, love, admire the autistic community. Um, I wish the best for them. Wish them to be treated with the utmost respect, ingrained, like integrated in society. They deserve the world. Yeah, as we all should. But um, he just listen to what he said. The truth is, Jesus says, love everyone. God says, love everyone. For me, I believe that in no way, I am not bipolar. I'm not in some kind of episode, but I may be slightly autistic, like Rain Man. And that's part of my superpower. That's the reason why I can produce tracks and design and do so many things but what i can't do there's two things that i can't do i can't accept hate and i can't hate have you ever known an autistic person that hates no. that's the reason i love so if someone says love this love this love this person this person, don't love this person i don't know how to do that it kind of annoys me that he said that because he's like not diagnosed with that. And that's just something you don't joke about. 
it's it's super disrespectful to people who actually do live with that every single day and it's a part of them it's it's just not a joke to him and it's almost just another insanely shocking thing that repulses people away from him but i think he's trying to associate himself with the autistic community because he feels like he like he wants to feel like some rare genius some like savant that is so genius that he's actually not neurotypical and not you know quote unquote normal or neurotypical he like he's not like the everyday person that can't think like him who aren't as smart as him and can never be because that's his superpower he's superman and that's what he said i don't think he i I don't think he thinks he's insulting that community even though he is i think he thinks it's a great compliment it's just one thing after another with him and i actually feel so bad to everyone who is a part of any group that he has said something horrible about in the past few months because he's causing real damage and real hate and we know where that leads so i feel really horrible and then the part where he said he doesn't know how to hate he he can't hate he only knows how to love bitch bffr be fucking for real he's the poster boy of hate he's trying to be all righteous and better than talking about we need to bring christ blah 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 trying to gaslight by saying he can't hate i love and the things that i said in the past were just trying to find a different route to love absolutely not you can't say you're going to go death con 3 on people and then proclaim yourself to be a part of a community that you're not in for some kind of like like status elevation it's just so all wrong and disgusting i feel like a part of him wanted to say that too because i think he wants to think of himself as on the same level as the top one percent in the world and the smartest most innovative men who are making changes to like humanity i'm specifically talking about elon musk who has been very open about the fact that he's on the spectrum which is really inspiring that he's so successful and such i mean yes elon's very problematic in his own right and a lot of people would say they don't respect him and all of that but you can't dismiss the major innovations that elon has done and his clear success as like a scientist and engineer and businessman you can't deny that so kanye wants to think about himself on that level so he's saying he is part of a group that he's just not and it's the most narcissistic wild thing to me and i feel like he's going to try to use that as an excuse for everything that he said in the past and like he shouldn't be held accountable because he is going through that and we should forgive him and he made a wrong judgment because of his state of mind blah 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 i'm not buying it but anyway that's just your new Kanye horrible tyrant update for the day. But what can we learn from this? I feel like we can learn something about the art of gaslighting from what Kanye is doing from this, trying to use this as an excuse for everything that he's said in the past and just blatantly lying to everyone to sort of like question their reality about him and their opinions about him. So I feel like we can learn just the lengths that people will go to gaslight you to try to excuse their old behavior or get out of taking accountability for themselves and just being able to call that out and knowing the difference between real accountability, real growth and change behavior and between gaslighting and trying to make excuses. And you can't really expect accountability or truth from someone who can't even be honest to themselves like Kanye. Choose and violence. If you see me out in public, you don't know me. Keep the silence. Let your mommy's keep me bold. Said I keep it quiet. Keep it on low, and shut the low. But it's easy.
Can I read to you the funniest post of life? This was from Britney Spears. I used to read her post more on here, and I really need to get back to that because it's just so fucking funny. I'm so happy that she shares her every thought on her Instagram. She's turned her Instagram with tens of millions of followers into a Finsta, and I'm just gagging for it. So (laughs) the other day, (laughs) Britney went to (laughs) the fast food restaurant Jack in the Box. (laughs) And first of all, People were saying that Britney doesn't run her own Instagram anymore. This proves that she does. Because no one could come up with this shit besides Britney. And I, I would just love to like live a day in her brain. Because she's truly the most unhinged but amazing human being. And it's so funny that she went from being like pop princess, which she still is, to but like having that perfect image to then sharing her life like this. It's, it's my favorite arc of any celebrity of all time. But anyway, she says, I forgot to eat yesterday. I saw this jack of the box. I've never eaten there a day in my fucking life, I was like, holy shit, when I saw that big sign of pictures of food. Normally, I hate looking at food, but it's timing. Holy hog heavens. I got a cookies and cream milkshake with a double cheeseburger. Well, I was crying in the car, but nobody could tell. Only me. My face still looked normal. I was fine. But then there he was. This big man at the fucking window. He gave me pity. So she was going through the drive-thru and she pulled up to the window and the the man working the drive-thru window gave her pity. He said, it's going to be okay. And then she put a million dots. What the fuck did he just say? He doesn't know me. And I sure as hell didn't know his ass. So why did he say that? It's all going to be okay. I was offended. Fuck you, stupid man at Jack in the Box. You don't know me. You're not my blood, so go fuck yourself. (laughs) Imagine, like, going to work for the day and thinking you try to cheer someone up and, like, be a good person, and then you see that post on Britney Spears' Instagram. If you ever see Britney in public, do not say it'll be okay. She'll say, what the fuck? Go fuck yourself. And I just know she sits down and writes these posts at the end of the day and thinking she's like JK Rowling. Honestly, Brittany, go off. I, I agree with you. If I'm crying into my t-shirt and there's tears streaming down my face, bitch, I, I don't need your fucking sympathy. I'm a grown ass man. I know it will be okay all by myself. And you know what? It's about time someone talked about that. So fuck you guy at Jack in, in the box. I'm gonna go find him in that drive thru and say, fuck you. Anyway, I just thought that was so funny and legendary. And I need to read her posts more because it just put a smile on my face. And she's truly the best character of life. Someone else who is the best character of life is Jennifer Coolidge. She won Entertainer of the Year, Jennifer Coolidge which is an award given out by Entertainment Weekly. And another amazing pop star got to interview her for this grand interview she did for winning Entertainment Entertainer of the Year. First of all, Jennifer Coolidge is so deserving. If you don't know who she is, she was in Legally Blonde. She was in American Pie. She's in The White Lotus right now. She talks like this. God, dumbass. You look like the 4th of July. That's how she talks. Maybe you know her from the impressions people do of her. She was in the Thank You Next music video. But she's so deserving because she's really had an amazing year. And there's no one I look forward more to seeing on my TV screen than her. 
as I said, I'm currently watching White Lotus right now. She won a Golden Globe this year. She was in The Watcher this year. She's working on Legally Blonde 3. And she's just an all-around multimedia sensation. She just has something so irreplaceable and incomparable to anyone. And she was just truly, like, made for this. She's 61 now, so it's great seeing that she's, like, peaking right now. She literally told Ariana that she thinks she's peaking. She said in this interview, 2022 has been an explosion for me. Just cherry bombs, sparklers, and TNT. I mean, that's a lovely thought, Jennifer. Mine's kind of been like a bomb too, but more like my own personal atomic bomb of a year. But I'm glad someone else is getting some festive, lovely explosion for their life. Um, But she also said with this increased fame, it feels like more and more is being asked of her. And there's a bit of of a pressure to try to deliver and do everyone justice. But she's also still trying to live in the moment and take it all in. Because she really knows how special this moment is for her. So she's trying to just live in the moment. And I love that. And Ariana Grande is such a big Jennifer Coolidge stan. She said she watches The White Lotus. She always does impressions of her. She asked her to be in the Thank You Next music video. So she is a ride or die Jennifer Coolidge stan. So the fact that they got ariana to interview her ariana doesn't even go to the grammys when she wins a grammy like she she does nothing for the entertainment industry so the fact that she did this is incredible so i kind of just want to like go through this interview and read their their amazing discourse ariana grande and jennifer coolidge had with each other so let's get into it ariana said my brilliant brilliant queen first of all i want to congratulate you on entertainment weekly's entertainer of the year that's so exciting and beyond deserved you've been my entertainer of the year since 1999 every year how do you feel jennifer said being so humble she said i feel like the voting was rigged i feel like i don't know someone got sick or something but i'm thrilled i mean this is going to be something i'll never forget this i really thought when i got the message that it was some sort of joke but anyway i'm embarrassed because i just didn't have high hopes of things like this you know what i mean My life had been sort of flatlining for quite a while. So this is above and beyond. And it's a thrill. First of all, we're going to circle back to that about her kind of being embarrassed of this accomplishment and thinking her career is flatlining in a little bit. But they got like off the rails in this interview, too. And I just think it's so hilarious seeing a celebrity put in the interviewer position because celebrities often kind of complain about interviewers asking them invasive questions. But... I like to see that when celebrities are interviewing their favorite people, they want to ask invasive questions too. And it just makes me feel good because like the celebrities get the fan culture. Like they too are fans and they want to know the juicy questions. So this is what Ariana asked her. You've spoken publicly about the tremendous impact that playing Stifler's mom in American Pie has had on your life. In particular, how much dick has it gotten you? Do you remember the best dick you got from playing Stifler's mom? Do you keep in touch? Jennifer said, well, it's Definitely the youngest fellow. He was just very, very charming. And it was very weird because... And Ariana interrupted. By the way, I don't mean to impose. No pressure to share the details. She said, no, I'm glad you asked this because you see, I did say that jokingly in a previous interview. And God, you really can't make jokes in our town. Because I did make the terrible mistake of saying, thank God for that movie. I got to sleep with 200 men or whatever. And look, I would love to say that that was true, but I mean, that was sort of sort of an exaggeration. So I'm glad you're asking me. And Ariana said, we can clear the air. Jennifer said, yes, clear the air. But it did sort of open up the world to a much broader group of handsome men and younger men. This one guy was particularly young. Legal, of course. It was all very legal. <laughs> I, I, I love how she had to reiterate that it was legal. She said, but it was funny because we had to, that one moment, that one moment was just a little bit awkward. Ariana said, you don't have to answer. I just wanted to make you laugh. Jennifer said, don't you want to know? 
<laughs> Ariana, I do, but I'm conscious of the fact that it's an entertainment weekly. You don't have to answer. <laughs> I love that Jennifer's like, no, I'll, I'll spill all my dirtiest secrets. If Ariana Grande asked me anything, like, what's my body count? What's, what's my deepest secret? I'm telling her. I'm telling her everything. As if I'm in the confessional or, like, at um, confession at church. I'll tell her anything. Jennifer said, no, I won't get into all the details, but afterwards, the next morning, I told him that I needed to get a blow dry. So he was so young. We called his mother to see where I could get a blow dry. It was so weird that happened on the phone. It was very clear that we were in bed together. Oh my God. That is so awkward. Ew. Oh my God. That is so weird. Not like ew. Like, I don't don't know. I don't mean to be disrespectful, but just the like thought of like my parents seeing that. Oh my God. I would die. They had a really cute moment where Jennifer kind of attributed a lot of her success to Ariana Grande. And I kind of see where she's coming from because this put Jennifer Coolidge back in my mind when she started in the Thank You Next music video. And Ariana really gave her like a lot of time on screen in that music video that broke the YouTube record for the most watched video in 24 hours with like 50 million or something. And Jennifer had a lot of like solo moments in that video to just talk and remind everyone how funny and amazing she is and kind of introduce her to this new generation. And so Jennifer said, you're a superstar and you know you're a superstar. I'm curious if you know that when people ask about how my life has changed, yes, I get to do White Lotus, but I think it really started with you asking me to be in the Thank You Next music video. I mean, from there, I got Promising Young Woman and then this whole thing. You were sort of the instigator. I really believe that. I think if you hadn't put me on Thank You Next and done that invitation, I don't think I would be where I am today. Ariana said that is the absolutely most untrue thing I've ever heard in my life. And Jennifer said, you really think that? And I think it's pretty cool. I was kind of flatlining and you got things going for me. I just want to thank you. I know you're a very humble person. You wouldn't admit it, but I'm just going to thank you. I like that Ariana is trying to let Jennifer know that her accomplishments are her own. And they're both right. I'm sure the music video helped. I know it helped because that part of back in my mind, let's be honest. But Ariana would have never asked her to be in the video if she wasn't so amazing and funny and if she didn't have the chops to do it and wasn't so lovable. And then she wouldn't have gotten all the work afterwards if she wasn't just this incredible superstar actress. You, When you see her on screen, you almost forget how good she is at her craft just because she's making you laugh so hard and she it's just so like smooth and it's almost like She's playing herself on screen, but she really delivers and she's so impressive. So I don't want to like take her success away from her at all. And I like that Ariana was saying that. Ariana said, that's so kind of you to say, but it's wildly untrue. I love you so much. I think the timing was just so so beautiful and you deserve the entire world. Jennifer said, I really like the casualness of Thank You Next, the song. It's not a heavy handed song where it's like, fuck that fella. I heard the story of how you came up with it. And I just love that every time I hear that song, it still has the same sort of casual thing about it. We shouldn't be talking about this shit that seriously. Just she's mentioning like we shouldn't be taking life so seriously. And Jennifer said, it's just such a good message. You have such a whimsical way of getting a point across and making girls feel better about themselves. And it all being some sort of who gives a fuck energy that girls can have. Ariana said, I feel like that is what I get from you as well. The who gives a fuckness. And Jennifer continued, I think this year I really realized I'm living that dream. I'm incredibly grateful for everything that has happened to me in the last year or two, but I'm trying to channel your I don't give a fuck thing. And I think it's my favorite feeling I've ever had. I waited my whole life to not give a fuck. It's the only time we have power. I mean, I'm not saying I'm not insecure. I'm still insecure about all the basic stuff. And I'm still insecure about my appearance and all that. But if someone calls me a douchebag or something, I really don't think anyone can really penetrate me anymore. I don't really care what people think. That's so true. The 
person who cares less in any circumstance or any fight is the one who has the more power. And when you let people know that they can't get to you and they can't affect you and alter your emotions like they want to with their words, they lose their power completely. And I agree. I think Ariana does radiate the energy. Anytime I hear Thank You Next and the bridge comes on and she's like, God forbid something happens. At least the song is a smash. I, it's just a, such a cute line because so much shit has happened in Ariana Grande's life, like serious shit, like her ex dying. And then she just throws in something so casual by saying, God forbid something tragic happens again. Oh, well, at least the song is a smash. <laughs> it's just the most highest level of not giving a fuck energy. And Ariana is really a legend for that. And she really lives by the not giving a fuck energy. The way she claps back to people on Twitter the way she talks about her ex-boyfriend's dick online, she doesn't care at all. And I'm very inspired by it as well. Um, they continued on in this interview. They said a lot of like amazing things, but I don't want to take too long with this. Ariana said, okay, this is the best part. Ariana said, yeah, that's such an interesting decision. Is there any advice that you've learned or words of wisdom that you've learned over the year that you still adhere to? Jennifer said, it hasn't been advice. It's experience that has given me something I can pass along. I was really sort of lost in my 30s and I wished I had stuck to my guns. For instance, I just felt like we always think authority has the last word. There were people that told me I didn't have a chance in hell and we can't listen to all those people. I think girls are getting stronger now and there's all this sort of girl power, cool stuff that's happening. But there's always going to be someone who wants to rain on your parade and you just can't take it. I do believe that I learned from that experience. Some people say with such authority, quote, I think you're talented in this area, Jennifer, but you're not very good in this area, quote. And nobody really knows. It's all just a guessing game. I think don't listen to anybody, really. Ariana said, sometimes the hardest thing to do is to just keep going and trust yourself. Be sort of discerning about what you intake and not let in. Be discerning about what you do not let impact your performance or your decisions or your career or your life or your happiness or your health. That's one of the hardest things to do, to balance, especially as a performer who has so much energy coming from them constantly from every angle. So that's very valuable to hear. That's a huge thing. I share the concerns. I don't like unkind people either. And Jennifer just said, people sort of talk with such a strong point of view sometimes. And you're looking at them going, well, you teach acting at college, but you've never even been in a movie or really never had a job. And you have such a strong opinion. You know what I mean? Some people that have just never worked before are telling you whether you're going to be a winner or not. And Ariana said, well, I bet they're feeling quite conflicted now. And then she joked about saying that a lot of those people who didn't believe in her are dead now. <laughs> and then one of the last things she says is that I just want to say that it's so hard to go through life and have hope. When your life has been going a certain way that you really don't approve of. I think of these jobs that you can't just make it through the day and stuff. And I feel like this unexpected moment that happened to me can happen to anybody. Where you're going along in the car and you've been going the same speed all these years. And then all of a sudden this really cool thing happens. I think a lot of people think the possibility of a cool thing happening isn't in the mix anymore. And I think I'm a great example of what are the odds? And this can happen to anybody. And I know you don't want to take any of the responsibility, but I do feel like you had something to do with it. My second runaround. My second sort of whatever this is. Thank you, Next started it. You started it. Oh, that's just the cutest interview I've ever heard in my fucking life. And it's just these two different generations of such powerful women that has both affected each other so much, sharing what they learn from each other. And just that like cross-generational swap of advice and 
knowledge that they can share and just the love that they have for each other was really exuding and so amazing to see and that they literally supported each other so much and Ariana supported her so much that maybe she did get her all these jobs and just build her up like that and I think if you read this interview or listen to me saying it back there's so much to learn we can learn so much from this interview and that's why I wanted to share it one thing about not believing people when they say you're not good enough or not listening to authority there's always that saying why would you take advice from someone who's never done what you've done like and that's so true never take advice from someone who isn't where you would want to be in life and people who are above you or maybe more successful or higher than you on whatever they are never going to be mean or tear you down. But people who maybe their life isn't going the way they want, they will be mean and they will be sticklers and they will just be bitter towards you. And you can't let anything that those people say stop you or affect you. But I really think what we can learn is this message that Jennifer is kind of sharing that you shouldn't come to a conclusion about yourself you're never really done and you shouldn't, even though it could be tempting, want to put a period on a certain phase in your life or put a label on yourself. Like you're like the label of quote, not good enough. Like you've come to the conclusion about yourself that you're not good enough. Or you've come to the conclusion about yourself that something great won't happen or that you're just stuck where you are right now. It's such a powerful but simple thing to just not come to a conclusion about yourself. It's almost a version of giving up on yourself. And it's a false narrative in your own head that you put on yourself when you come to a conclusion about yourself. It's anxiety, it's self-anxiety, and self-doubt, and it's negative delusion. It's a negative delusion. It's not real. Conclusions lead to self-limitation. And how dare you come to a conclusion about yourself? I think it's so amazing that for... I don't know, 10 or 20 years, her career wasn't really going anywhere, I guess she said. She said she felt like she was flatlining. But for some reason, she never, she never let herself totally give up on herself. Because I guess in the back of her mind, she knew there might be a little bit of hope. And she never put a period on the end of the sentence of her life or her career. And she never gave it that conclusion that she was done. And thank God she didn't. Because look at the massive success, the massive impact she's having, all the money she's making. She's doing incredible things because she believed in herself because she didn't let anyone who had something bad to say about her let her faith in herself and her belief in herself and her uh knowledge of her own capability like waver yeah she was down on herself but she never fully gave up and so i think what we can learn is just to never make a con never make a conclusion about yourself So I want to wrap up this episode with one last segment about someone who I did not know would even have a career in 2023 because of how downhill they seem to be going in 2022. A lot of people were turning against this man. He just came across as delusional, offensive, and he was someone with such a big built-in fan base that it would seem impossible for him to make all those millions of girls turn against him. But that almost happened to none other than Liam Payne. 
Yeah, he was memeified this year. Everyone is making fun of him online this year because of some crazy interview he did with Logan Paul. I mean, you should never do an interview with Logan Paul and think that you're not going to get canceled. You would sooner not get canceled on Z-Way's show where she literally tries to get people canceled like for fun. You should just never go on the Impulsive Podcast. But he went on there and he was just spilling all the tea about One Direction and really coming for his former bandmates as if he was angry at them or was holding some sort of grudge. And people were like, well, where's this coming from? And it's kind of the drama we always wanted from the One Direction boys, but we never got until last year or earlier this year. He was saying that One Direction was a boy band that was formed around him and he was the start of it all. And Simon took his face and chose four other boys who looked like they would go well with him and fulfill different spots in the band that he didn't and he was going to have all the lead vocals and it would be all about him but girl be fucking for real we all know that was not true at all and then there was a video of the judges on the x factor forming the boy band and it was not created around liam at all so he was exposed shut down and it made him just look really fucking bad unfortunately and he was saying all so like just so many concerning things i was worried about him i was like why is he saying all this shit that just makes no sense he was saying that his debut single outsold all of his bandmates with their debut releases and his song stripped that down that was not even good at all it seems like some like weird tried and like reincarnate justin timberlake's swag that it was just like not working for him um, he said that it had 1 billion streams more than any of the other one direction boys and it does not have 1 billion streams let me see if it's still if has even gotten there yet but he was like i was the first one of one direction to get one billion streams on a song um zayn and harry had never done that blah 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 let's see oh my god it still doesn't why would he say that like can he just not simply check his streams did he not think people would check and then he was coming for zayn calling him a dick and insulting him for pushing yolanda hadid up against a dresser which is kind of iconic that he said that. And more One Direction fans still like Zayn more than Liam Payne. And that is saying a lot. Like the tides really turn from Zayn be the most hated to Liam being the most hated. And then he exposed that him and Louis didn't really like each other during his time in the group. And he said that he physically threatened one of the band members by holding them up against the wall and said that they'll lose their hand if they attempt to hit him. They will lose their hand. He will cut off their hand apparently after this he was getting the meme treatment online people going off about how delusional he is people making a bunch of hand jokes like you'll lose your hand if you do this blah 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 blah. he was the troll of the town unfortunately and he said he didn't leave the house for three months because he was so ashamed of his actions of shading the other one direction members and just seeming a little bit like insecure and wild honestly but he finally put out an apology about the whole thing. Three months later, he had to like take a time out and reflect. And I think more grown white men need need to take time out. And I'm glad that he's normaling, he, he's normalizing that. This is what he said. It's a selfie of him in bed too. And over it said, I really appreciate that as it got quite dark for me for one point when you guys turned on me. Okay, weird apology saying that you guys turned on me like it's their fault we really got a glimpse of what it's like to be in a relationship with him when you guys turned on me like oh my god like playing the victim playing the simp it's 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 not cute liam he said it got dark at one point when you guys turned on me i didn't leave the house for three months you guys know i'm sorry about all that stuff i love my boys not sure what was going on with me other than i had a problem with me and it took it out on everyone else Never had a bigger chip on my shoulder, and I'm really glad to lose it. I'm hoping that you guys can forgive me in time because we've been through far too much, but the jokes are funny. Keep them coming. I think it's very interesting that 
he like was taking responsibility for it, but not taking responsibility for it at the same time. Um, I still don't like that he said when you guys turned on me as if they were like as if the One Direction fans, the Directioners were given no reason to. And all he had to do was like be nice and not insult other people to promote his new music. But he still did that. Yes, he had a chip on his shoulder. And it's nice that he acknowledged that and realized that the problem lied within himself. I think that's really big and grown of him. But he really just acknowledged that he really didn't understand where that was coming from. And I think it's an interesting concept that you can say so many things that you maybe don't fully mean in the moment. And you're not really sure where they're coming from, like why you said that or or why you did something. I, I think I think this a lot. Like, what are my actions really based on? Kind of when you just impulsively do something without... I guess, really deliberating about it in your head and you're just automatically doing things throughout your day. Like there's a reason for everything you say and everything you do. And a lot of it is subconscious and you're not really aware of what is making you lash out at someone or maybe be a bitch or be cold to someone. Someone I was talking to this weekend was talking about a concept called the oblivion in your mind. And the oblivion they were basically saying is like a space in your mind where you're not quite sure what's going on and not quite sure why you react to things the way that you do but it comes from this sort of space called the oblivion where it's just a mixed bag of maybe like small subconscious reasons that are all jumbled together that create your emotions and create your reactions to things and help frame your decisions so i feel like he was speaking a lot through that moment when in the interview with logan paul about you know all the one direction stuff i think he was speaking through the oblivion and now that it's been months later he's realized those subconscious reasons that he was doing that he had a problem with himself, and I think his own success compared to you know Harry and Zane and everything like that that he was feeling a little bit insecure and he wanted to have an outward release of that anger and frustration on other people besides himself and I'm really glad he took time to reflect on that maybe it was for the best for him to take a three-month time out and just learn where his thoughts were coming from I'm sure the One Direction fans will welcome him back He's like the problem child within the group now, but the Directioners are such simps. So I know you guys will welcome Liam back and maybe he will have a song just as successful as Harry's one day. Maybe, but I think apologizing is at least a good start. So what can we learn from this? I think what we can learn is recognizing when you are making decisions from a place where you're not exactly sure and then instead of waiting three months, just taking a step back in that moment and like audibly saying to yourself in your head, like saying, why am I thinking this? What is my problem? What is causing me to react in this way negatively? Why am I being a bitch? And I often will just say to myself in my head, like, what is my problem? Where is this coming from? And it helps you saying it so blatantly like that in your head helps you get to the root of the problem and really dig deep. And you realize you think it's this outward reason that you've convinced yourself is why you're reacting like in Liam's case he thought he was reacting because he truly was like the most streamed member and Louis was horrible to him so that's why he was fighting him those were his reasons but then he took a step back looked deeper and the root of the problem he realized oh it's actually just because I have an issue with myself so the lesson is like shortcutting that by not waiting and not being not lying to yourself Um, because I truly think your life will get better like the quicker you stop lying to yourself about why you react to things a certain way and just blatantly asking yourself what is my problem why am I acting like this I think another lesson too is that 
insecurities very loud. I think we've talked about that in this podcast before. He was clearly being very, very insecure, so he was being very loud and aggressive and insulting to a lot of people. But confidence is very quiet, and you don't hear Harry bringing anyone down or Zane bringing anyone down. So I think it just comes from that sort of insecure place. And if you're not confident, you can at least fake it by not bringing anyone else down. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening to today's episode and joining me at Pop Culture University. I appreciate each and every one of you, and I never forget that. Uh, feel free to rate this podcast five star on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You're already here. You may as well do so. Screenshot yourself listening to it, post it to your Instagram story, and tag me. Um, I think I'm going to try to have a really chill week for the rest of the week because this week has already been too much. I've lived enough this week for five weeks, and I, I, th- I feel like you guys should do the same. I feel like the end of this year is going to be very... um. You, you know 2022 isn't gonna go down without a fight so maybe just protect your own peace in your house this week <laughs> maybe that is my advice that's definitely what i'm gonna do after this i'm gonna go chill and watch the white lotus finale <gasps> i'm so nervous for it if jennifer coolidge's character dies in the white lotus i'm gonna die i will be so upset usually i'm someone who like has a countdown clock and a ball drop Times square moment for my favorite shows to count down to the, when the new episode premieres. So the fact that this aired two days ago and I still haven't watched it is insane to me. So I need to go watch it. I need to go cry as I see the last episode that show gives me so much anxiety, but it's been like what I've been living for these past seven weeks. If you haven't checked it out, white Lotus is so good. The writers of that show are insane. It has Jennifer Coolidge and Theo James and Aubrey Plaza And it's just legendary. So maybe check it out. But until Friday, I will see all of y'all very soon. And have an amazing week. And I love you. Bye. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP SmartSide today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save